0: because I wasn't being enough for myself. I was abandoning. To stop that abandonment story from when I was little, I made sure I could never be abandoned by self-abandoning. Hi, welcome to This Isn't Me. My name is Veronica Jane. Hey, thank you once again for being here. I don't know if you know what you tuned in for, but I said I would share of myself. So I'm going to work in a really vulnerable space today. I'm going to close my eyes and breathe into my body and try to really be present to what needs to be shared. And I'm going to show myself a bit to you so that you know who I am and we can build a bit of a relationship. Um, I'm hoping that you'll then feel welcome here and give yourself permission to open to me if you desire. Um, So yeah, when when I share, I want you to know who you're connecting with. And these self-limiting beliefs have been my experience and they've unraveled throughout the story of my life. And I find new and new ones all the time. So what I wanna share is a bit more of my history a bit more of where I've come from, where I'm at, and where I'm going to build our connection. So that's what today is. I always find the trickiest part of sharing, other than keeping it succinct, (laughs) is knowing where to start. So where am I going to start? When I was a little girl, I was so aware of who I was. I remember... I would walk around in these rainbow boots, nude, just living my truth. I remember being a drama queen, a singer, a dancer, a playful little human, a little gymnast, a a sassy thing, a playful thing, a goofy thing, always loving to laugh, Uh, sort of a, a loving to just bring joy in my life and others' life. And... I remember I, I loved people. I loved connecting. I loved, uh, making things happen. I really liked uh, like, oh, that's later in life, but I used to like plan my own birthday parties because I knew what experience I wanted to have and share with my friends. And, um, I remember being probably seven or eight when that shifted, losing that sense of self. And this comes to a self-limiting belief that formed there for me a few um, and altered my life. And it actually is something I only really discovered super clearly the impact of in the last less than a year, a few months, I guess. Um, I remember my mom told me this story. It's not actually a clear memory that I had until she shared it. And then it came back to me, whether I actually remember or just the retelling of it. But I do know it's truth. Is I remember saying to my mom, I just love myself. And whether it was her and my sister and whether the words they said were anywhere near this or just what my brain heard, but I remember getting the response, well, you shouldn't because you're bossy and nobody likes you. And looking back, I can see all of the people pleasing I've done in my life to make that not true to fight that i can see other ways i've made myself small and tried not to say what i mean or be too demanding or mm-hmm. aggressive so i wouldn't be bossy i can see the ways that i repressed myself and then ended up reacting and acting out and being even more bossy <laughs> um taking control in unhealthy ways because i couldn't lean into allowing myself to speak my truth in really self-serving ways and really um sovereign ways i was so afraid to be bossy and so afraid to not be liked that i didn't have any authentic expression around those areas i would either be so aggressive and bitchy or i wouldn't i'd just be walked over and not create what i want and stand for what i want i wanted people to like me or i isolated so much that i gave no shits whether anyone liked me i just spent all this time by myself um, I don't know if that's true for you, but my experience is with all these self-limiting beliefs, I maybe all is too big of a word, but the ones I found so far, I will dance on one extreme of the polarity and then whoop, over to the other side and live that out until I can weave my way and flow back into this middle, into this balance, into this equanimity i love to explore the concepts of yin and yang in the future masculine and feminine whatever language but with this one yeah I would I, I can see in my life where I went to both those polarities both those extremes both those sides of the seesaw I was so bossy or I was a pushover I was convinced no one liked me and completely self-isolated and just lived a beautiful independent truth or a, a sad um lonely one at times a bit of a both uh or tried to make everyone like me, and both are just exhausting. So I share that because I know it impacted me, and that's the f- probably one of the primary uh, uh, incidences, uh, events which altered the way I view the world. Another thing I'd like to share is um, in that backstory of my childhood, in reflecting in this story, my all of these stories may play through different timelines so that don't expect a linear story from me. Um, when I was about six years old, so I grew up in a family who would identify as modern Christianity, um, conservative Christian. We come from what's called a Mennonite Mennonite heritage. So my grandparents lived in Germany and Russia and emigrated to Canada when they were, I believe teenagers or late teens, early twenties. And, um, the faith that they had, the relief, the religion that they operated under would be kind of Pentecostally, but much more relaxed. Um, they were that fun a uh, Christian. Um, yeah. So not, ugh, I don't, I try to be careful with language, but they were, um, Presbyterian, I suppose, is another possibility. Anyway, I'm trying to give you words that you can connect with, but feel free to go and research to understand more. But they were Christians, and my dad used to explain um, his faith as a personal relationship with God. God came from the Old and New Testament. God came from what I now see as a distorted truth of, of what the divine consciousness, the universe actually is. It was personified. It was patriarchal in my experience. um, What I was raised with was mechanisms of control, guilt, shame, motivation through this idea of heaven, paradise um, in the afterlife and that I had to be good to get there. And um, my childhood was beautiful. My parents did their best. And in all that I share, really want to take personal responsibility. So when I share of anyone else, it's like reflecting the experience I had of them so that I can take what I learned from that and shift my reality, create um, the best possible life for me to fill myself with love. And so when I share of anyone else, it's to share with how I saw them and how I co-created that with them and support me to take responsibility so I can shift it. Mm-hmm. So I had this amazing childhood, two parents who loved each other for a time, uh, beautiful siblings, three siblings. And when I was about six, my parents moved due to some work demands and I think some relational conflict they were having um, with the goal of creating a new future together. And we all moved to this little town and I knew my parents were struggling and were fighting. I knew money was an issue, I knew work was an issue, I knew, I can see now that both were so insecure and hurting and overwhelmed. They were in their 20s with four kids and a failed business and a struggling marriage and had moved away from their family to try to create this new life. And what happened in that is their relationship dissolved for many reasons. And I've spoken to both of them at depth about this and I'm so grateful for my parents' willingness to share their truth with me and hear mine at times and dig deep into helping me learn from their truth and how it may have impacted me and give me greater understanding of the world because their experiences are so valuable for me. But when I was about six, I know a significant amount about child development and this concept that I'm not gonna explain perfectly about the different phases of life until about like seven or eight years old, we live in this reality um, where we just take everything as true, right? So my religion had become truth. God, Jesus as a messenger that I needed to invite into my heart had become true. My parents' love was my truth. I was attached to them and linked myself to them so closely. And in this stage of really these people being my safe space, I remember one day I was out in my front yard playing. I used to play in the grass and sing, write songs and do cartwheels and just sort of hum to myself and be a little kid. And I remember playing, totally unaware of what would come next. My dad came out of the house and he got into his silver sports car. He was crying and he began to back the car out and he looked at me with just so much pain and fear in his eyes and um just said i love you and then drove away and thank you for allowing me to just experience this and be in this feeling and be present to how real that was for me it's not easy for me it's something i've learned to just be in an emotional experience and process the energy of that emotion to heal and use that information to be who I want to be in the world. Yeah, that's that that experience from there, I created a story that um, when someone loved you, they would leave. And I can see now how that's embedded in so much of my life and the way that I've related since then is that I've been terrified to make myself vulnerable so that I wouldn't ever be as heartbroken as that. I can see how I people-pleased to keep love. I can see how I manipulated my identity to fit people so they wouldn't leave me. I can see how I coerced uh, subconsciously people to love me. And that's something I continue to try to really identify and unmask of myself. I can also see how from that story of abandon, I, mm, there's something else I wanted to share. I want to get clear on what it was again. Mm, I remember what it was. It was that I became hypervigilant because in my mind, that was the most surprising and shocking thing that ever happened. I did not see that coming. But, but what do you mean? My dad would just leave and never come back in the same way. I was fortunate enough to have my dad in my life throughout my whole life, but he never lived with us again. He was never my daddy the same way again. He was never my mom's partner the same way again. And that fucking blew up my world. And I don't remember making this conscious choice. I can see it now that from there, I used to create every possible terrifying reality in my mind because if i thought about it then it couldn't surprise me if i was prepared for it i wouldn't be so destroyed when it happened i didn't expect my dad to leave of course i didn't and so from there on i just prepared for the worst always And what I know about neuroscience now is that I wired my brain for negativity. I wired it for problems. I wired it for fear. I wired it for being left from a more spiritual perspective, if that lens supports you. I manifested that. I created that reality. That's all I could look for was the worst case scenarios. I'll give you some examples. I um, I remember struggling to accept when my partner and I got engaged when I was quite young and, and really just couldn't believe his love. And I remember thinking when I was single for years, not dating very intentionally. Um, you can, I remember saying you can either have a husband or you can have kids, but you can't have both. And I almost created that truth. My husband and I never had kids in our marriage. Um, and for years I didn't have a partner cause I believed that. And, um, I just made that true for myself. I also, my ex-husband and I used to be like, you know, when we get divorced as a joke because we wanted to be realistic that the divorce rates were so high and yet then we only allowed that as a reality. We never even made possible that we could spend our whole life together and that we could continue to create a beautiful relationship with growth and change and shitty times and great times. We just created the reality of when we got divorced and lo and behold we're divorced so it's interesting to me how I wired my brain for that to be like okay just just think about everything bad that could happen because then it it will it won't surprise you and and you'll prevent it from happening I remember believing that if you think about it it can't happen and what I know now is the opposite what I was thinking about I was making happen the neurons that wire together fire together from a Neuroscience perspective. Go and play with that language if you haven't heard it yet. I'm sure you have. So I was creating continual brain pathways of of fear, of being left, of not being good enough, of whatever else it might have been at the time. I spent life afraid of anxiety and became horrifically anxious, afraid of being overweight and gained a lot of weight, of never having a partner and avoided dating. of being in an unfulfilling relationship and created that. And it is freaking wild what we create until in the last few years, I, I fully understood that. I'm creating my reality every day, every thought, every feeling, every movement is an opportunity to change the energy and change my reality. And I've been creating all this so far what could i create if i f- switched it if i flipped it and that excites me like i get tingles over my whole body right now just saying that all these things i created i have a good life i am so fortunate you know in 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 what's possible in this world i am i'm i'm safe i am healthy i live in a western country I am a Caucasian woman of lower middle class. I I don't want to negate so much pain and trauma that's in the world, so much hurt that people have caused others. And for me, I created a lot of my own suffering. And that's what's so powerful. A lot of the circumstances that I was in was because of a victim mentality I'd allowed. This reality that I tried to avoid by focusing on, I then created. And when I figured that out, I was like, oh shit, that means I get to create whatever else I want in life. And that's where I'm at. So yeah, I share those really early childhood stories as ways that I've now identified. I I changed my life and I get to change it back. And that's what this whole podcast is about. So I thought I'd share a bit about that. In more of my history, I'll go into that relationship side. I, um, to go back I was about 15 and i moved from living with my mom who raised me from when my dad and her separated at six so almost 10 years later i moved back in with my dad with my siblings and we moved cities so after all this time of not having my father in my life I'll get into that another time only for holidays and special occasions we got to live with him again and he did the best that he could and he really wanted to provide for us and he was a um in his business building point of his life so He didn't really show up the way I'd hoped. And um, yeah, sad for me. I I know he was creating what he thought was best. I'm really grateful. And I had a lot of those childhood stories still with me. I moved to this new city and went to this Christian school, which I'd never done, and went from having Sunday school and like prayer before a meal as my faith practice to being thrown into the modern Christian faith. And where I was at there, at that age, you can imagine the message that was heavy in grade 10 through 12 was purity, so much purity culture. And for me in the town that I grew up in, that wasn't the message I got. It was explore, play, learn. And I had this beautiful young man who I was in relationship with as a 15-year-old. And we explored love together. We explored ourselves together explored philosophy and religion and what it means to be a human. We explored our bodies together and we explored the beginning of sexuality together. And I remember it feeling so real, so safe, so fun, so loving. And then when I entered this purity culture, I had all of this shame and guilt I was smacked with that I needed to reconfirm my virginity, repent, be ashamed, feel guilty and ask for forgiveness. And that God, this patriarchal formulated version of God would forgive me for my filthy ways. And I could come back into relationship with him more holy once I was asked for forgiveness for being a human for being a body, for being an animal, for being a woman. And I did. I bought that story. And I broke up with my boyfriend, and I essentially locked my pussy up from there. I felt so much shame anytime I was attracted to someone. I um, I really struggled to embrace sexuality from there at all. And I'll share more about that in the future. And um, it wasn't until I was uh, 18, 19, I said, I'm going to go make a life of my own. I finished school. And I remember in PE class one day, our teacher was asking us what we we're going to do when we finished high school. And I said, I'm, I'm going to live in Australia. Like all confident and yeah, like in so in my action space of masculine, like I'm going to move to Australia. And all the girls around me just went, like, oh, well, cool. How? When? I was like, I don't know. I just know I am. And like from there, that is what I created. I found a family I could live with and nanny for and moved to Australia. And I started to explore with that space and distance between me and that religion, me and that family, me and that culture, just space. I gave myself full permission to live. The woman I lived with, the family in general, were so different to mine. And they were like, live your best life. Like, go out, meet boys. You have a back door from your room to go out into the world, have boys over, live your truth and uh the woman took me to get birth control after i'd been there for a couple months like it was just this beautiful permission again that i hadn't had for years to explore that side of being human and i'm so grateful i did lots of mistakes in there but so much i'll share in future and i met a man that i then started a relationship with and we were on and off for a couple years and then i over a couple years moved more permanently to australia to study and him and i pursued a relationship. And there's so much in that relational journey I'll share in the future. And then a few years ago, five years into our marriage, um, I knew it wasn't... uh, There's so much in this, but the part that I'll focus on today is like, I spent my relationship asking my partner for more emotional connection and more vulnerability I can see now I didn't, I don't know if I really knew how to do that. I feel like I tried and wasn't met. Um, That's what I hear as a reflection from him too. Uh, Though I know I am nowhere near blameless. I will take full responsibility as I keep seeing what was there. And um, so, yeah, I remember asking for that and it just really not evolving. Uh, I remember once a year I would say to him, maybe I should move out. Maybe we should break up. Maybe we should start reformatting this relationship because I'm just not it isn't it this doesn't feel like love it doesn't feel like deep intimacy and I don't know what else to do I used to read and listen to podcasts and explore and, and I saw counselors in and off for years and I tried new things like a large part of my journey was getting a degree in education and um building a whole social life outside of him because I I realized I was quite anxiously attached and probably what would be called a fearful avoidant attachment style where I'm quite anxious to start. And when I don't feel met, I become more avoidant and run and hide and put up walls. So I remember not knowing how to cultivate intimacy with him and not feeling met and not feeling held and supported and seen and heard. And eventually we tried a non-conventional relationship structure. We tried uh, an open relationship and a more polyamorous relationship. And ultimately that was a a new self-limiting belief to play that we were not enough for ourselves and for each other. And we did a lot of beautiful learning and growth and development in that. I'm so grateful for that stage of my process. And we also hid a lot from ourselves and each other and created a reality where we weren't true partners where we weren't endlessly diving into ourselves and sharing where we weren't endlessly diving into each other in that space of showing who we are to be met we didn't know how to show ourselves to be met to be seen and heard and loved and that relational structure just created more distance reconfirmed self-limiting beliefs of not being enough that it wasn't even possible to ever have someone be enough which in a sense is true And what i found as i entered another relationship after my marriage separated i i got together with another man and what i saw in recreating similar relational open relationship structure was that that was a self-limiting belief i was compounding through my relationships that i was not enough and my attachment style was making me project that onto my partners and never let them see me as enough and i was entering these relational structures with these avoidant men because i believed that was all that was true And all that was possible because I wasn't being enough for myself. I was abandoning to stop that abandonment story from when I was little. I made sure I could never be abandoned by self-abandoning. I became Plato, I became a chameleon, I became a people pleaser in these relationships to just earn love. And I self-abandoned. And when I finally got to see that in my most recent relationship, where I collapsed on the floor by myself, holding myself, weeping, and saw how deeply loved I was, how enough I was, how my sovereignty was my number one priority. From there on, that the only way I could ever be abandoned was in my self abandon and that's what I'd been doing. And every relationship I would create with from that mindset would of course abandon me because I was abandoning myself. And I know relationships are a mirror. And I brought these people to reflect back to me that I didn't love myself. I didn't know myself. I couldn't look to see and hear myself. Of course they couldn't hear my truth. I didn't speak it Not fully, not softly, not compassionately, not enough. Of course, they didn't see me because I didn't show myself, not fully, not completely vulnerably. I was terrified and I hid. Of course, they abandoned me. I abandoned myself. They didn't know me. And that's when I began to change. That's when everything shifted. When I lay on that bathroom floor going, holy shit, I'm enough. I can never be abandoned. I have me, from a spiritual connection, connected to the whole fucking universe, the divine consciousness, whatever, from a scientific perspective, energy, time and space, we know, we barely understand. I'm connected endlessly. And in this human experience, in this animal body that I'm in, I am sovereign. I never can be alone. This whole universe is connected. And I forget that. I come in and out of that truth in moments and days and weeks at a time. And I come back to it. Fucking today in creating this, I'm coming back to it. I can feel my body shiver as I sit in this truth that this is where I'm supposed to be. That this story is mine. It's my hero's journey. And that I'm ready to tell it. And that it will serve someone to hear it. And that I can keep guiding myself back to my authentic self. Through sharing, I can help you see your way back to yourself. And that's what I want to share today from that story. Everything almost comes from that truth of that deep self-abandon, creating a whole reality of of not good enough, of too much, I'm not ready, of perfectionism. I'll, I'll play through all these stories in, in smaller episodes, but I want to make clear for you today, for me, that we get to create whatever life we want, that we can never be alone if we sit with ourselves and really look at it. I've spent the last few months and years before that, but from a really concentrated way, the last few years, teaching myself compassion, teaching myself to let go, letting go of attachment, allowing myself to just be messy, vulnerable, make mistakes, to be raw, to be seen, to be heard, to be wrong, to say messy things, to get lost in chaos, to try right relationships, to try wrong ones, when you frame it, they're all valuable, they all serve, to to say hurtful things, to say helpful things, and just fuck with this experiment called life. I've, I've hurt people, I've hurt myself, and I've forgiven people, and I've forgiven myself, because it's all part of the process. And that's what I wanna share with you. This deep knowing and this process that I have been taking and am endlessly taking to ensure I never self-abandon again, to really love myself, to offer myself compassion. And that's been through so many physical modalities, through mental practices, through experiences, through mindsets. And that's what I'm sharing with you. It's not perfect. Might Some of it might work for you. A lot of it might work for you. All I know is this is what I've done. To find myself and keep finding myself, to love my life again. <laughs> to really love my life. i I said over and over over the last few months, I don't know, I just, I love my life. I am so present to that. And fuck, to that beautiful little girl, I love myself again. I really. I'm not perfect, not even close. But for the first time since I was six, seven years old, I love myself again. And I wanna share how I got here and how I keep evolving that and expanding. And I know that that can serve someone. And so I'm here to share. That story with you, that whole life story, that hero's journey, that experience that's only mine, whose bits and pieces might be yours, Whose those little truths, those portions that might resonate, or maybe 89% of it, maybe all of it, and I'm not going to hide anymore. I'm not going to squash my truth. I'm not going to hide from my truth I'm touching my third eye location and my heart and my throat while I say this, really not even thinking about it. And like, even the shit, me saying this, like a few years ago, I wouldn't have said the shit. I wouldn't have said third eye. I wouldn't have said throat chakra. I wouldn't have said journey. Like the shit made me want to throw up. And yet in the past few years, this has become my reality. I can't not say it. A lot of my friends, friendships have shifted. My ways of being in the world have shifted because I'm more authentic to myself. And as I stop judging myself, I just feel so much more present. I am so much more in love with myself and my life. And I want to share how I did that and how I keep doing that. And. I'm going to share the scientific ways that I do that, that are proven to help us regulate our central nervous system, to help us rewire our brain. I'm going to share some of the spiritual stuff that feels a bit wooey that I still sit with and go like, I don't know why this works. I don't even know if it's going to work for you, but it works for me. Like a huge one that I do is when I'm uncomfortable, I make funny voices and I joke and I, I laugh and I, I tease myself with love. Like, oh, really, Veronica? Oh, really? Is that what you're going to do? Or I'll like playfully be like, well, darling, if that's what you think you ought to do, then that's what you do. But don't be cross if it's a mistake, all right? Like I work play into my life. I work humor into my life. I work softness and gentleness and compassion. Ah!" I wanna share it all. And um, I can't share it all right now. I'm I'm getting excited and I'm getting lost with it. So I will share. That's what this podcast is. I will keep sharing the the ways that I've shifted and keep shifting. I'm also looking at evolving a program for you, a course where I just share what I did. Might work for you. It might change your entire life. It it depends where you're at. So you'll get to decide. I give you permission to be open to see if that will sit with you. Um, I'm also going to work into a space of mentoring or working one-on-one with people who feel that our stories are parallel, who feel like what I've learned, I might be able to and guide them through experiencing themselves. Um, And that comes with a lot of resistance. Like my I'm not ready, I'm not perfect stories screaming. This morning, I connected with one of my closest friends who's only entered my life in the last year. And, you know, we've worked into this beautiful friendship where she messages me and said, can I offload some? First thing I say is like, yes, but I just woke up. Uh, in half an hour would be better. Can I call you then? So (laughs) hashtag boundaries. I'm getting real good at them. And she was like, yeah, of course. She called in a half hour. I needed five more minutes. I said to her, yep, I'm going to call you in five. I need to really support myself. Went out for a walk. And I just shared, uh, she called and I said, okay, before we start, I just want to know what do you need? And she goes, oh, just listening. And I said, great. And I listened and I listened and she just kept saying like, I don't know what to do. And I said, Hey, I know you said you just want listening, but I hear you asking a lot of questions and it sounds like maybe you want advice. And she just laughed and she's like, yeah, actually I do. I have no idea what to do. I do want advice. And I said, okay, I just want to honor that you said you wanted listening. So are you sure? And she was like, yeah, I do. And we just played together. I just reflected back to her what I heard her saying that was relevant for me too. I can only speak from what I know. I'm, I'm not going to be able to tell someone else their truth. I can only share what I see from my experience because that's what I am. Another person, another experience, another mirror from only my perspective. And, um, I asked her some questions. Um, I gave her space to breathe and and be with her body and to see if they were true. And we uncovered a couple of things together, some self-sabotage and, some self-limiting beliefs, and we laughed about it together. We joked, and um, and in it I just said, Thank you so much. Like this is showing me that I have something to offer. And she's like, Do you know? Like that, just thank you, thank you, thank you. Like that's that shifted me so much. And she's messaging me throughout the day, just being like, I'm up to this, I'm up to this, like I'm I'm making shit happen. I feel so lit up. And I'm like, Oh, I'm not ready. Was the last episode. I'm ready. I'm not perfect, I'm not gonna be nailing everything and i have something to share i have people i can support so if you're one of them there'll be an opportunity for that as this keeps evolving because i truly know that when we're ready is when we change when we coerce or force or manipulate someone into change nah that's not love when we invite and give permission and offer compassion, that's when we can support someone as they expand. We can just reflect back to them what they already know. And that's what I do. And that's what I might be able to do for you if you want it. That's the story I'm going to share today. And there's so many more. And there's other angles from that. Those are the main components I thought you might want to know about me to decide if we align. And if you want to keep listening to this podcast, Uh, if you want to possibly share together in a, in another way. And we can figure out what that looks like together. And I'll keep growing that. But for now I'm ready. And, um, the next episode I'm going to share is a, is a similar sort of self-limiting belief that I hope will help you. For today, I want to express deep gratitude again for you being here, for you being open-minded, for bringing your full heart, for knowing your truth and discarding the parts that aren't relevant to you, or aren't ready for you, or aren't, aren't true for you. That's, that's great. I really know that we only can know our truth and everyone else can provide reflections. And sometimes those are distorted because of other people's pain and the self-limiting beliefs they in. Sometimes they'll serve us and sometimes they won't. And I, I truly believe that gentleness, compassion, and love Are the way that we continue to expand. It doesn't mean fawning. That doesn't mean ignoring or avoiding. It does mean letting go. And it does mean allowing and uh, full consent. So thank you for choosing to be here and giving me permission to share myself. I'm so grateful and I'm excited to connect. So I'll speak to you soon. If you want to connect further, come find me on Instagram at thisisntmepodcast. I look forward to seeing you there.